This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today I want to wish you a happy Old Rock Day. That's right, today, January 7th, is Old Rock Day. We'll talk about that briefly. We're going to get into a great discussion on appetite, stone, the different colors, a little bit of information on that, where and what all about that stone. Um, January 3rd is our one-year anniversary of our podcast. We have over 90 podcasts, so thank you for joining in on this one-year anniversary show. Also, we're going to talk dinosaurs, feathered, avian, non-avian dinosaurs. So we've got a dinosaur that has feathers, they say, and uh, it's uh, not a flying creature. Pretty bizarre. New Hampshire comes up with a new state dinosaur, perhaps. Also, we're going to talk about how geology is changing right now. Very interesting subject. Also, we're going to talk about what gemstone... Or I would like to say even further, what lapidary stone represents you? And we're going to talk about the top 10 crystals because uh, you may want to have these in your collection just to have them. Or if you're trading or looking for things to uh, give as gifts, this might be a good list to have. Okay, we'll talk about that a little bit. I want to thank everybody for supporting the show and uh, our social media on MeWe. Uh, Facebook, YouTube videos, our blog. We are really excited. We are getting together and getting started a website where we will have uh, all the links there. We will have a little shop and some goodies to offer at uh, some point. We're working on that right now and hope to have that up to you very soon. So this again is another kind of an announcement of an announcement. And we'll get that information to you ASAP. So let's get right into today's exciting episode with Radical Rocks. What about the top 10 crystals? Well, I'm not into uh, the healing of crystals per se. I find it an interesting conversation. A lot of people are very much into the healing of crystals. So I've learned a little bit about it along the way. But I love rocks and I love minerals, so that gets me every time. This article is entitled Crystal Healing, the Top 10 Crystals to Have for Beginners. We're not going to go into so much on the healing powers, but just the minerals themselves because they're so interesting. You can go to express.co.uk and you can get this article in full. There's even a video there. This article is written by Izzy Debbie, D-E-I-B-E, and it was published on the 2nd. Now, as you go down the list, they talk about um, how these minerals throughout history have been associated with healing and certain properties. For anxiety, we've talked about some of these before, but lepidite is really popular. You know, people are down. Things are not so great in the world, right? With this uh, virus and political upheaval, all these things going on in our country and around the world, we could all use a little help when it comes to anxiety sometimes. Lepidite, beautiful, typically purple, can be found and um, obtained very easily. In fact, unusually, this has been used through the ages, yet in medicines, lepidite um, or um, uh, lithium is used to help people with severe, extreme anxiety. Now, 
Another one is confidence, and associated with that is the tiger's eye. Tiger's eye is beautiful, glorious, banded stone, typically golden, but it can be green, browns, other shades and color variations. Sometimes with hematite, it can be quite striking. You can check out that mineral. Be careful, though. It does have asbestos in it. You want to keep it wet at all times if you're polishing or grinding it. The next stone on the list, beautiful gemstone, glimmering violet hue, amethyst. This is supposed to help with uh, insomnia or addiction. I don't know. I think my addiction's gotten worse with amethyst because the more I see it, the more I want it. Now, you want to keep that out of the direct sunlight because it will fade as many of the quartz minerals do when they are exposed for long periods of time to the sun. The next stone is rhodonite. I love rhodonite. Go to our YouTube videos. Just look up Radical Rocks on YouTube. will pop up. I've got several episodes where I go to go find rhodonite in uh, the Wrightwood Mountains, in the San Bernardino Mountains. And I take several trips up there, and eventually I find a pretty good stash of beautiful rhodonite, a manganese, which is from magnesium, uh, based mineral uh, comes from that. When you see those outcrops, you could have this beautiful pink rhodonite um, next is luck. With luck, uh, the stone that they have is adventuring. Adventuring typically is a beautiful green uh, stone. I think it's a warm green. I really enjoy adventuring. Joy, the stone associated with that is going to be citrine. Uh, like sun rays, yellow citrine, which is another quartz, as you most likely know. It also is affected by sunlight. You don't want to have that in the sun for extended period of time. For Courage, Black Onyx is the one which uh, is pretty easy to obtain. Just a black gemstone you can get um, in a uh, fair quality at most places that sell rocks and gem. Self-Love, which... I guess this is having this confidence in yourself that you feel that you are um, worthy and uh, of unconditional love. This is rose quartz. Rose quartz, another gemstone that if you leave it in the sun, the rose color will fade out. This can go from a light rose color to a almost raspberry rose color. Sometimes it can have um, iron and other impurities going through it that uh, give orangish to reddish brown streaks and uh, sections. Concentration, fluorite. Fluorite, but not just uh, any kind of fluorite. I believe it's the rainbow fluorite that they feel brings harmony and alignment. Very soft mineral. I've tried to use fluorite to work with a ring because of the rainbow pattern. I thought, wow, this is very desirable. Um, you know, this combination of colors is just so striking. It's so soft. I mean, even polishing, just trying to polish it will make uh, it like it'll, it'll, it'll eat up the corners. And it scratches super easy. So not really a good one for jewelry, but a nice one for specimens. 
trusting in the process, uh, being aware of the unknowing, the gemstone here is a pale blue crystal. And which one is it? I'm still looking. I read over this. Uh, let's see. Let me get a drink of coffee here. I'm about ready to cough. <coughs> Excuse me. I am not seeing what stone it is. I know I looked at it. Oh, I know what this is. It's cell. <coughs> Excuse me. Cell. 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 Uh, it's like Celtic. Like the celestial, it's celosite. Cel That's it, celosite. Actually, I'm going to put some celosite up on our Radical Rocks website as soon as I get that up and going. <clears throat> Beautiful blue, light blue to dark blue color. All right, let's get on to the next article here. We've got State Discovered Dinosaur. Uh, New Hampshire did not have its own fossil. Pardon me for that. I'm having a, a coughing fit out of nowhere. They have been looking at what rocks do they have. They don't have a lot of igneous metamorphic uh, geology there, so they've had a really hard time coming up with a fossil. They have located, though, um, in the bottom of uh, a, a lake and a river area, some teeth. Now, woolly mammoth, the mammoth, and also the mastodon. So they found both of these teeth. Um, there's a little bit of history there. If you want to go to the Granite Geek, and that can be found at concordmonitor.com, C-O-N-C-O-R-D-M-O-N-I-T-O-R. And the article there is written by David Brooks on the 6th. And it goes into some detail about how they found these, if you're interested in that. How they found them, uh, how they looked at them, they processed it. And then finally, in the end, what is kind of balancing um, this argument of what should we call our state fossils? Should it be the mastodon? Should it be the mammoth? They are wanting to choose the mastodon as it rather than the mammoth because four states already have the mammoth as their state fossil and only one other state michigan has the mastodon fossil as their state fossil now i want to talk about a gemstone that represents you now i thought this was very interesting and it made me kind of think about wow you know what gemstone represents you that really opens up a lot of questions so is it which one do i like do i relate to or which one is really me you know is it your birthstone is it you know what is it is it just something that you resonate with you just love the color you love the pattern you love the feel of it you love that it's a crystal you love that it's opaque you love you know what is it it's an interesting question and i thought wow you know i've always been drawn to emeralds i just love emeralds um dark dark green the darker and deeper the better the more i like them and um you know i like the large ones i wish i had one i've only purchased a couple small ones in my whole life had really bad success with them i tried to set one and uh, it was a pear shaped and i chipped it it broke my heart i gave it to some uh, guy um gee i should get his name and, and say it on the radio so i can give him bad prep but uh gave it to him 
and he was supposed to fix it, and he just kept it. And he, I called him back over and over again. He never returned a stone. I gave him my address over and over again. So be careful who you trust. I thought, you know, all rock hounds were trustworthy, but uh, this one guy was not. I got his name on file, too. He's out in the, somewhere in the San Diego area, too. Anyway, um, yeah, the article's interesting. They're looking at jewelry in particularly, so I couldn't really relate to, you know, to it a whole lot. Um, it's beautiful jewelry. Interesting article talking about the history of the jewelry, you know, what you would wear out on a candlelight dinner and or, you know, at a certain time in your life. That's fine and dandy, but I just look at the rocks and minerals. I love agate halves, you know, I really, and the more detail and variety going on in them, um, the more amazed I am, you know, or maybe it's just a piece of plume agate that you look at, you know, that has multiple colors and you just go into it and you can look and see the depth and the three-dimensional qualities of it. Um, just a really interesting concept. What gemstones represent you? Which ones do you relate to? Now, another article that kind of surprised me. I do a lot of research to try to come up with things I think you folks are going to be interested in. Be free to contact us on our social medias. And let me know what you want to hear. Let me know. I'll look it up. I'll find stuff. I will do the research for you and try to put it in a nice format where you get some entertainment value and some educational value out of it. But geology is at a crossroad. Geology is changing. How is that happening? We know that there's erosion. We know every once in a while there's a volcano. Right now, a volcano, uh, a little island is forming out in the sea I just read about. I should have probably put that on our list. But what's changing is our colleges and university. Uh, January 4th on discovermagazine.com, written by uh, uh, Eric Clementi, he is writing about this geology is at a crossroads. Geology is changing, but colleges and universities, have they caught up with the change? And what geology in school started out was a study of rocks. Uh, how to locate them, how to identify them, you know, how they came about, how the they would hypothesize, you know, because we weren't there. We don't know exactly how these rocks form. We can see some things happening now, like volcanic and uh, smokers in the bottom of the ocean. We can see some things, how minerals are forming. Um, but uh, some of these things are also speculative. So right now, things are changing on the planet. You know, there's all this uh, political push for green energy. And, um, you know, Biden has said that he wants to follow California. California wants all cars to be electric, I believe, by 2030. And it's just physically impossible to make enough batteries to even do all the cars in America right now. There's just not that much uh, lithium to be mined, according to the latest. But the mining industry, when you're watching it, you can see they're going crazy trying to find this stuff. And, of course, as they dig it up, it causes a lot of pollution. And um, maybe, uh, you know, I think we should just change over to natural gas cars. It's very quick and efficient. But anyway... These studies in colleges are concentrating less on finding, less on locating um, so much as to, you know, how to deal with what's happening, you know, how to build a parking lot, how, how what do you need to look at to build a building, um, how are we going to support green energy, and um, 
you know what what's sustainability and how are we going to how are we going to renew and how are we going to sustain this which uh in itself is not all bad but uh definitely uh is changing the way we study these things in school and if you were going to school just recently for geology you're going to find that it's going to change very quickly into a um uh green social uh, agenda um, more so than uh, ever in the past. So be prepared for that. If that's what you're into, then you're going to love it. All right. One-of-a-kind dinosaur removed from Brazil sparks backlash investigation. This is the feathered dinosaur that uh, has is not a bird. It is not of an avian species. Uh, it's a new discovery. It's a completely new Species, they say. This is on nationalgeographic.co.uk. Usually I can't get on National Geographic. They make you subscribe and they limit it. It's written by Michael Grisho, uh, G-R-E-S-H-K-O, on January the 4th. There is a spectacular picture of this creature. Um, It looks like a bird head. The feathers they have uh, depicted look like hair. It has uh, spines instead of wings, and uh, it has a long tail. I mean, it looks like a, like a monkey tail, right? Like a lemur tail or something, or a kangaroo tail. And uh, quite interesting-looking creature, like it could leap in the air or something and use its tail to do that. Brazil has a real issue with fossils. They don't want anybody to have them. And through the 70s and 90s, a lot of them made their way into the market because these laws were not being enforced. And um, so there is some uh, controversy over uh, Germany where they legally obtained these fossils and Britain right now. And uh, quite a bit of discussion in this article about that. But a very interesting creature nonetheless. If you're into fossils, there you have a feathered non-avian species, so they claim. We'll see how that works out in the future. Um, Now, Old Rock Day. Happy Old Rock Day. Um, Every year, January the 7th, is Old Rock Day. This is dedicated to uh, people who love rock hounding, geology, different things like this. You can find this at Santa Ynez Valley Star. And uh, it's uh, S-A-N-T-A, Santa Ynez, Y-N-E-Z, and then valleystar.com if you want to check that out. Old Rock Day. They've got a beautiful picture of a sphere, which is a uh, piece of lapidary round that has been ground and polished into a ball, basically. A sphere. Not a spear. A sphere. Okay? I pronunciate and slaughter constantly, but I've got this one right, I promise you. Written by Joan, uh, John Copeland. It says, hey, you know what? This is not a holiday for old musicians. This is a day that encourages people to celebrate and learn about old rocks and fossils. There's very few holidays for us rockhounds, so let's celebrate. Let's get into old rock day. Um, It's just a great opportunity to talk to people about fossils and dinosaurs and... um, Happy Old Rock Day to you. All right, now 
one of our keynote addresses. I think I'm just going to get right into it. I may have a couple other little subjects besides this, but let's just get right into our main keystone address, Aptite, A-P-A-T-I-T-E. I came across an article that said that the Aptite gemstone market demand is going through the roof. It's going through the roof. Um, it's a lot of these are coming from Madagascar. Uh, there's actually a group of gym, uh, producers in Madagascar, but these gyms are being produced all over the world. Now, this article is probably pretty boring. Talks a lot about marketing, different things like this, uh, decline and the increase and the opportunities and all that. But it does state in here that there's blue appetite, red appetite, yellow appetite, brown appetite, gray, pink, purple, and green. So there is a variety of beautiful colors for this gemstone that can be obtained. Now, let's see here. Wikipedia, it says of appetite that it is a phosphorus mineral. Um, it is hydroapatite, fluoroapatite, chloroapatite with high concentrations of OH negative, I guess, and F negative and CI ions in the crystal formation. And they have uh, said the mineral is named by a German geologist, Abram Gottlob Warner. Uh, he named it, apparently. And he described it, uh, it was reclassified as flora appetite in 1860. And appetite is often mistaken for other minerals that uh, tendency is referred is reflected in the mineral's name, which is from the Greek word apatina, which means to deceive or to be misleading. Now, it's about five on the hardness scale. Um, you can find it where it is translucent, very translucent to transparent. It's usually green, often colorless, but blues and yellows and violets and pinks and browns are also available to be found around the world. This uh, most favored color is the blue appetite that can be found in Brazil quite often. Um, it's also the low-grade appetite is used as a fertilizer because of its source of phosphorus, but when it's harder and prettier, it can be used as a gemstone. Sometimes pigmentation can be used for uh, coloring different things. Uh, of the product as well. So this gemstone um, is a can be cut as a cabazon. Uh, sometimes it can have a cat's eye. The transparent green gemstones are known as the asparagus stone and the blue gemstones have been called morooxite, M-O-R-O-X-I-T-E and crystals of rutile have grown into a crystal of, uh, if they have grown into the crystal of an appetite in the right light, the stone will display a cat's eye effect, which is rare and very desired. But these can be found uh, in Brazil, uh, Milamar, Mexico. Other sources are Canada, Czech, Germany, India, Madagascar, Mozambique, 
Norway, South Africa, Spain, Sri Lanka, and even in the United States. Now, sometimes apatite is found to contain uh, good amounts of rare herbs and can be used as an ore for rare herbs, such as monazite. Um, and other things. It can uh, usually it can be slightly uh, radioactive. It does not appear to pose an environmental hazard, but uh, it often contains uranium, and therefore, with a um, Geiger counter, you can pick up those decay chain uh, uh, signals and bumps. So. Pretty interesting information about the appetite. Um, you can see that on Wikipedia. Also, if you go to mindat.org, that's M-I-N-D-A-T dot org, you're going to see some beautiful specimens of flora appetite, a beautiful dark, dark blue uh, terminated crystal with a point on it. Also, flora appetite. Uh, looks like it's with some uh, barite, possibly, and also another flora apatite, which almost looks silver, but it has these uh, inclusions in it. I don't know if they're rudal or not, it doesn't say. And then also a golden crystal uh, that is found in Mexico. The purple one was found in Brazil. Um, the peach-colored one is from uh, Nagar. And Pakistan also, and then also the silverish one that looks like a really, really cool was found in Austria. So these can be found all over the place. Um, you can do some research on that and see where you can get some nice samples for your collection or, uh, you know, start searching all your favorite uh, people who are going to buy that. I mean, it's all over the world. You can find it in uh, Portugal, uh, Romania, Russia, Siberia. Spain, Sweden, Turkey, uh, Poland, Norwegian, uh, Italian, Italy, all, all sorts of places it's saying here on this uh, website. So who knows? Who knows what uh, uh, varieties could be had of this mineral to add to your collection would be very, very nice. Okay, I got a couple other stories. If you're still hanging in there with me and you want to hear a couple other stories, I found this article. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Why It says, why are gemstones and why do people use it? No here. And I, man, this is the worst written article I'd ever seen. I thought I, I was the worst uh, writer, but this, this is even worse. <laughs> Pretty funny. It's at IWMBuzz.com. And uh, it says, have a look at what gemstones really are and why do people still use them? <laughs> and it's... It, Basically talks about uh, rose quartz, garnet, and pearl and tells you the zodiac sign and that they're going to heal your skin. And that's about the end of it. <laughs> Pretty bad article. So I was not going to take any time to share that with you except to point out that, man, there's some really zingers out here. Um, one other thing that I thought was interesting, and I've mentioned it before, um, uh, moissanite. It says, do you know enough about moissanite engagement rings? And this is at goodmenproject.com. Apparently, they're trying to appeal to men that maybe this is a, a good thing to offer as an engagement ring. It was written on January 6th by Nia Kayan. And um, this is a man-made stone. Moissanite is actually one of the more rare 
minerals in nature. It's extremely, extremely rare to find it in its native state, but um, by uh, using a silicon carbide, uh, it can be made fairly affordable and is a lot more affordable than diamonds typically and it's real beautiful so it's a good option for people who you know don't want things that are mined or anything like that but uh you know it takes takes a lot of uh, resources to make a new mineral too so um that may not be any cleaner it might be even dirtier if you're going at that option the same thing with electric cars <laughs> anyway don't want to go down that path too much. I just want to thank you guys for tuning in, being part of the show. Uh, happy Old Rock Day. We're trying to get some information out uh, about once a week or so. I've been pretty busy. Got the new job going if you're interested. It has been a challenge, but I'm doing the best I can. Uh, loving it out here in Idaho. We had about a foot of snow last week. And uh, they tell me that was a pretty big storm. I was thinking that it was going to be a lot worse. So I'm actually thinking this is not so bad. I'm, I'm getting uh, used to it very quickly and um, loving it, loving it. Um, with that, guys, remember rock hounds don't die, they petrify. <laughs>